We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecki, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. Welcome back to the Eight Black Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Cole, here with my brothers Chris and Ray. And we got a special show today. There's a lot happening in my home state of California, and Chris Stewart has been actually pretty busy. And he wants to let us know that we might be in more trouble than what we thought regarding Black education in that state. Chris, take it away. Well, listen, people know this, like, so goes California, goes the country in a lot of ways. People say this about Texas, but California is a bellwether, especially in education. And in education right now, the fight that Californians are having over charter schools, I think has national implications. And, and we've been arrogant and uh, uh, I think a little bit sleepy about protecting and defending what we have because we've had a nice long run. Since 92 until now, we've had a nice long run of charter schools growing, expanding, getting pretty good media, pretty good press. And for the last three, four, five years, that has been reversing. Um, and it's been reversing slowly. I don't think we took it seriously, but in California, it's having real impact. So now everybody knows this. We did a show about the, the, the teacher strikes. And what was unique about the teacher strikes was that they not just were, were adding things about money and pay and benefits, whatever. Um, they were also adding things in there about also we want you to, the, you, the district, to fight against charter schools. Number one, don't approve any more of them and fight for laws that are going to take them down, take them out. Let's get rid of the competition. Well, now you have four bills in the California uh, legislature that would do just that. Like they, at, at different levels, they chop down uh, uh, charter schools at different levels. They stop any more from coming online. Um, and this is like, the, the, you know, a year or so ago, they did a different law just to test it all out. That was the law that went after uh, for-profits. And nobody paid attention because people don't like for-profit charter schools anyways. So even in charter world, folks weren't paying attention, didn't even care. Um, but now you got four bills that basically say in the largest economy in the country, charter schools could face a very uncertain future. Mm-hmm. At the same time that you have that going on, you also have, this is ground zero for the NAACP's moratorium. We all know that this is where it came from. It came out of the San Jose branch, uh, Roxanne Marachi um, and, and, and her president got it into the hands of Julian Helig Vasquez or Vasquez Heilig, uh, the education chair, and they got it passed. And then it got passed at the national convention and thus is history, right? So, um, all of that is, is, and now you have a presidential candidate, as we talked about in our last show, who's basically taken their template when it comes to this portion of it, right? So if, if I was the NAACP in California, I would feel very accomplished right now. I would feel like, you know, like, like man, we just had this thing on paper and, and, and it went all the way. And now we could possibly be turning the lights out on charter schools in the biggest economy in California. So I just wanted to put that on the table. I don't want to sound alarmist. I want to sound realist. And the, re- the reality of the situation is right now, if you support charter schools, um, this is a code red situation. Well, so I'm, I'm going to make sure I throw it to Ray real quick. But I feel like when we talked, when we had the Oakland episode, I mentioned this. I actually said that we were in some trouble just as far as education is concerned, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I, I feel like I had that talk and I think folks were like, ah, oh, no, nah, we still got this, that, and that. I'm like, nah, man, they're, they're coming. And they, they, 
California is in the crosshairs because of how big California is. So, Ray, what's your what's your thoughts about what Chris said and what advice do you have for California? So I want to read you guys something. All right. This is uh, I was having a Facebook type conversation with a group and we were talking about just we were just talking about just like charter schools in general. And so what I uh, said to someone was traditional public schools suck, but mainly for the poor and disenfranchised. Name me a white affluent suburban school that sucks. If Brown, Brown versus Board, was implemented to fidelity, there would be no such thing as an under-resourced school. Charter, charters wouldn't exist if Brown was implemented to fidelity. What do you guys think about that? I think that's stupid. I just think it's dumb. Like, I don't, I don't even know how to respond to that. I just think it's dumb. Bottom line is there are white school and school districts in this country that suck yeah. all across this country there, and underfunded. Where I live, there's lots of white poverty. There's lots right. of, like, uh, mediocre schools and mediocre teachers. Uh, um, and, and it's just as bad for them in some places as is anywhere else. If Brown had been fully implemented, um, I think the, the, the dream that people think it would have been still wouldn't be um, wouldn't be realized because it wouldn't have been an educational intervention. It would like, like nothing about just moving kids around and putting them in the building together is going to improve teaching and learning. Right. That's not an educational intervention at all. I, I'm sorry just to call it stupid and call it out, but I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated well, with the level of like, like the conversation that we have about this and it being so serious with our own children right now, to me seems like we're eating baby food when we should actually be eating steak by now. There's right. no damn excuse for ignorance on, on black education by this point. Right. Well, let me, so here are my thoughts on it. Right. And I know how Chris feels about it. I know how Ray feels about it. I, 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 with an education system that's serving black children and brown children so poorly, I don't like seeing viable options being taken away. And Chris, you said that a lot in the last episode as well. And I think that's what's happening in California. And I think it's a political war that is not looking at kids. It's looking at getting more political turf, right? Like it's, a, it's, a, it's an arms race and this is just one more deck in the arms. And I also wanna say, because I've seen a lot of white folks on Twitter kind of reference the NAACP where black people are against this, black people are this and black people that's are right. that. That's right. The black, black people, NAACP does not represent all black people. And I want to say as somebody who is an, a, a card carrying member of the NAACP and who has love for the NAACP, one, you should know that there are individual NAACP sites in California that have pushed up against this. And the Urban League, which is made up of, of black people as well, there are multiple chapters that have written a letter also like going at this because saying that exactly what you said, Chris, that is dumb. And we'd be cutting off one of our arms by taking off an apparatus that gives black people the authority and the power to actually start black schools. Like I've said this before, yeah, I said this right. in our live show. There's a difference between schools that have black people working in them and black schools. Black schools that have a black education, that are teaching black kids their history, that are teaching agency, that are really putting the needs of those kids first, the same way that Latino folks have been taking advantage of this charter apparatus as well to teach brown people their true history, especially in a place like California. Like these things are very serious, right? And they have the freedom under that. So you can feel how you wanna feel about charter schools. I've never went to a charter school. I don't work at a charter school, right? 
But what charter schools do give, if you do it the right way, it gives you the legal authority to teach and educate your kids the way you feel like your kids need to be taught and educated. And to take that away is a huge, huge shot to a lot of people in this country that want to be free from the tyranny of bad public education for the last 60 some odd years. I mean, you got to ask yourself, why are people choosing the schools? And, and why do they want them? And why do they fill up? And why do so many people go to them? And, and why do you need to go to the top, mm-hmm. like to state legislators, to get right. rid of them? Why, why, like the NAACP in California basically says, we want local control, like school boards should control everything. But they don't, they didn't do that when they were making this resolution. Black people didn't write this resolution. This resolution was written by a, a, a Latinx person in their Santa Cruz office who works with national teachers unions. So, so black people didn't do it then. And now when black people are speaking up, so wait a second now. So Bernie says what you said, Charles, what white people are saying. I stand with the NAACP. Because that's like your badge. That's your black card. That, that, that like, as a white person, that's your black license to say that I'm good. I'm good. I voted for Obama. I stand with the NAACP. So now do you stand with the branches of the NAACP in California who wrote a different resolution now and are publicizing it saying, we want to talk specifically about black students? Right. Are you standing with the Urban League, like you just said? All the branches of California, the Urban League, is, is Bernie Sanders standing with them? And, right. and, and Al Sharpton's National Action Network, their chapters in California um, um, are all against this moratorium. Is Bernie Sanders stand, stand with them and white folks stand with them? And, and finally, let me just do the last one. Uh, the, the California Black Legislative Caucus was against the moratorium, right? Um, they had a bill right now that can't even get heard by the pro-moratorium Democrats. Uh, and that bill was just going to add black kids to a special pot of money and get more funding for them. Are they also the people we gonna stand with? Anyways, well, I feel like I'm on a soapbox, but damn, why are we talking about the wrong stuff? And Ray, and, and I just want to jump in real quick, Ray, and I give you the mic, fam. I love that folks are now like just holding and coveting what the NAACP is demanding, right? Because now that I actually have a question, are you standing with all the demands that have been made by the NAACP over all the years? So. If you just do a search, a Google search of NAACP demands, did, the, did everybody support them when they demanded for the Georgia election officials to properly uh, like investigate an election that happened there? No? Oh, okay. Did, when Baltimore NAACP demanded the firing of additional police officers, did that happen? Oh, no. It did. We didn't stand with them then? My bad. Okay. When they said, oh, black people need to be trained and there needs to be more jobs available for black folks in communities that are gentrifying quickly, good paying jobs. Did everybody, did the white folks come out and support them? No? Oh, oh, we didn't hear them then. But on this issue that's closely aligned to a very powerful teacher's union, now they got a megaphone. Now we got to listen to these folks, right? Like, it is, it is selective hearing. <laughs> at, at best, it's selective hearing. At worst, it is using Negroes as puppets at their convenience. So all I'm saying, man, I'm saying this again as a proud and if y'all don't like me and you think I'm not proud, you can give me all my membership money back. But as a proud NAACP member and as a, a part of a chapter that has actually stood up against this stuff before and just said, we don't care about the delivery system. We actually, like, black kids are not learning. And they haven't been learning here in a long time. And one of the things that we have to remind people of the history during this past strike that just happened in Oakland 
is that in the major strike that happened in 1996, 95, one of those years, I don't want to, I'm in the moment right now. I'm not checking it. Right. But, but Ch- Charles, you in California, what are the stats? Like you, you've done some research on this. Like what's it looking like? It is less than 40% of the black seniors that start the 2017-18 school year graduated from high school having met A through G requirements. So for those that are not from California, A through G requirements are the basic minimum that you need to just apply to one of the largest public college education uh, systems in the world, right? And we have less than 40% of black folks actually graduating, having met those needs. Now, when you pull, see, the beautiful thing about data, there's this term called disaggregate. And that means that you can cut up data in more ways than one. Right. So even when I cut that data up and I separate out for charter schools versus traditional schools, Chris, you get something way different, man. You get something really different. What you get is like 30 percent that's actually of traditional public schools that's graduating black kids able to apply to college versus like more like 70 percent that was being produced by the charter schools. And you're telling me, you tell with those numbers alone, right, as a parent, not even talking about as a superintendent or talking about as an educator or even a member of this podcast, but as a parent, you're telling me that if I put my kid in a charter school, he has a 70% chance of meeting the requirements to be eligible to go to college. You know Whereas if I'm... Ray, I'm not even telling you that. I'm sorry, fam. I'm telling you that's an 86% chance. An 86 so you, so again, you're saying that it's an 86% chance that if my child attends a charter high school, that they will be eligible to go to college versus a 30% chance of my child. Now I'm actually seeing the data. Yeah. All right. So, All right. Yeah, hurry, hurry up and get us through this because I want, I want to get back. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I mean, so, so basically, my so, I, so just so you know, so and, and, and basically what California does, what Oakland has done, right? And you can... This is public data. This data is from the California Department of Education. And I'm guessing that there's a Department of Education in whatever state you're in, and you can pull this data up as well. Um, So the district schools, only 32% of the black seniors that started the 2017-18 school year graduated having met A through G requirements, whereas 86% in charter schools started that year and finished being eligible to go to, 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 to apply to college, which brings right. the total to 41% because there are so many more traditional schools in Oakland yeah. than there are charter schools. Does that make so sense? Pull, pull, up, pull up the Latinx um, desegregated yeah. data. So I don't have that one uh, broke. I, I, I didn't do that. You can see it on this Yeah, chart. but you can see it though. Right, you can see you can it on see. this chart. So There's one district school that's doing really well. Yeah, Matt, fact, two. Matt, Matt Weston CCPA. It had 28 student, Latin, Latinx students start that, at that high school as a senior that in 2017-18. 27 graduated, and of the 27 that graduated, 25 met UC uh, A through G requirements. Now, the school that served the most Latino schools, Skyline and Fremont High. Skyline right. had 147 Latino seniors that started 2017-18. 122 graduated. That's the number that gets in the newspaper, okay? Just yep. who graduated. I just want to be very clear. But if you go over 40 out of 147 Latinx students, 40 are eligible to apply for college. And from Fremont High School, which has 141 seniors that year, 
66 graduated, which is abysmal. 26 out of 141, that's 18% of the Latinx students are even, can even apply to a four-year college in California. Now, what is, what is this Aspire Golden State School? What is that? Tell me about that. Aspire Golden State is a charter school, and it had a cohort of 64 uh, seniors that started 17, 18 school year. 59 graduated, and 59 graduated haven't met A3G requirements. So every student that graduated from that high school that year yes. are all eligible to go to college. What are they doing? Let's, no, let's oh. shut it down, man. Let's not even ask that question. Let's shut it down. <laughs> Like, why would we leave that open? Yeah. Seriously. Like, right. like if they're going to make the district look that bad, bro, we got to shut that down. I why, mean, why, why leave it open? And this, and in the cases, you know, as somebody who's a social worker and did a lot of IEPs, what the, what, what the charter schools have done is that they have aligned graduation, like, completion with A through G completion, which the district was supposed to do. And there were only supposed to be small cases, maybe through IEPs, where – the, the graduation requirement is different because of an agreement that the school and the parent came to through an IEP process. So, but for the most part, this okay, is- Okay, I want to I say something real quick. Oh yeah, look, go ahead, fam. Yeah, I, I think quick, I've said enough. Yeah, quickly looking at this data, right? I can make an assessment based off of this data set that you've given me. Mm-hmm. Latinx students are doing better than black students. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I would say that. I think that they actually are getting the lower end of the stick, especially with our traditional schools, right? So like I said, Fremont and Skyline, between them have 147 and 141 seniors from that year. So let's see. Charles, Charles yeah. if you, if, that's an outlier. That's an outlier? No, it's not. Yeah. That's, a, that's a huge number. That's 288. Okay. Go, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. That's the most concentration of, of Latin, Latinx Seniors, Charles, if you if you add it up, this number is going to come out better than forty one percent. What I'm but what I'm saying is is so black folks there are a lot less. So this is the other thing that you need to know about Oakland. I was a student here, right? It mm-hmm. was a black majority city when I was a student here. So black students were a majority at that time. It is yeah. split, and now Latinx is not just like the majority; they're like a bigger majority. So even when you're looking at this graph, you see way more students in this chart. Yeah. So, but I think when you have, when you look at a school, man, hey, listen, man, one of the biggest, proudest Latinx schools, Fremont High is a proud Latino school. Like there was a school that almost opened up next to them that was a charter school and they came out in droves with students and parents and they shut that down, right? Because they didn't want to infringe on Fremont. And this school, and I don't think people know that out of the 141 seniors that they actually had support them and push for them, only 26 of them graduated, even able to apply to a college. Charles, and if you raise this up, so, so part, part of your question, Ray, too, in the state of California, what the NAACP chapters that broke away are saying is that black students are the lowest uh, population group of students, period. It's except, clear. It's 100 clear. Special, yeah, except for special education, except, which comes Right, low. which is racist, too. Well, and, and here's the other thing, is like they're also saying that even the other lowest performing student groups all get extra money from the state of California, except for black students, right? Except for black students. So one of the leaders of the black caucus, uh, representative or assembly person Weber had a bill this year to put extra funding into the lowest performing black kids in the state to make that different, to change that problem. And the chair of the education committee who is pro-union and with all these other bills, wouldn't even hear her bill, wouldn't even give it a hearing. 
wouldn't even allow it to be heard. This is how little power black people have in California, right? That's terrible, man. This is this is how much this is the black legislative uh, 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 caucus, good Democrats, all of them. And this is how they're treated with the bill that simply was going to give a little more money and attention to their crazy bad situation with black students. But, but, but we talk about charters, but we're talking about charters. But why do you think that is? I think that's because they are not working on behalf of black people. They're working on, on behalf of big labor. If you go up to that capital, that capital is overrun with uh, teacher union lobbyists who are actually doing a lot to get their right people on the right committees and in the right places. Mm -hmm. And they are taking out politicians and replacing them with pro-union politicians. And the problem is that wouldn't be such a bad thing if the unions of California had any, um, any kind of blackness policies, like any policies that help them not be culturally incompetent, this conversation wouldn't even need to be had, mm -hmm. right? But they are so culturally incompetent that they can't even let a bill be heard that is actually putting special attention on one of their worst performing student groups in California, which is black kids. Right. I agree with you, man. I, I have a theory. My theory is I think that politicians have a lot of different things they're trying to deal with. And I think that they probably are really sound on maybe three or four issues, right? That's kind of their pet issue. And I think that on the issues that's not their pet issues, they look they look across party lines, right? And I think they said, okay, we trust unions. So if I'm not like the same, so you know, these are the same people that have to vote on healthcare bills, tax bills, and all this stuff. So I think what they're saying is, okay, across lines, we're we're in close partnership with unions. That's something that we that we believe strongly in. We're gonna take their talking points, and this is what must kind of be good. And I think that the people that are advocating and saying that they advocate for black people and black families, you have to dive deeper into data that concerns your constituency. You can't just depend and rely on, 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 on like political lines. And I think that that's, I think that this, like I'm, I'm gonna ring this bell again, man. The education is, I'm, that's what I'm gonna get started to say, I'm an educationist. Me too, I'm with I, you. Because I think that people are seeing reform and the other side has done such a good hit job on the term education reform or reformer. Like, listen, man, all three of us, close your eyes right now and let me say reformer to you 10 times and what image pops up into your head. And we do this work with a lot of people of color, right? But when you hear reformer, there's an image that goes into your head. And, but I, I, I implore you, if you are a politician and you actually really, really care about black folks, listen, I'm not going to hate you for having a different opinion than me. I'm, I'm speaking for myself. But I'm going to have a real issue if you are lollygagging and being lazy in regard to your own people and doing data and research when it's right there for you to look at and you making a decision that affects Black people negatively just because you want to vote across political party lines. Like, that's a problem for me. Well, here's my bottom line on this, and I, I just want to say this, and and I'm done. Like, like... We are in a fight, we're in a battle just in general, whether it was charters or not. We've got work to do and we know that we're under attack. We know, you've said it a million times, black parents are on their own. I think poor black parents are really on their own. I don't think middle class parents are as on their own as, as, as everybody else is. But this is what I wanna to say to my own people. If you're one of those persons who's listening, who's saying to yourself, well, I don't like charters anyways, or, oh, you know, I think they're not all perfect anyways, or, you know, oh my God, you know, it's just my, my people running some schools and blah, 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 whatever. First of all, you deserve the mocking that I'm giving you right now, because a charter school isn't a kind of school. It's just 
It could be many different kinds. And we just sat in a room last week with all black educators who are running black schools because they got a charter to do it. So taking, like throwing the baby in the bathwater out has never been a good strategy. Putting all your eggs in one basket, as Howard Fuller says, has never been a good strategy for black folks, right? Doing one thing and, and limiting people, like telling black people we should take some options off the table. That's our strategy. Let's take some options off the table. If you are one of my own people who is actually pushing that stupid ass agenda, you're going to pay for this, right? Because let's shut all this down. Let's get war game this out. Let's shut, all, shut down all the charter schools and then shut down all the, the, the choice programs and then shut down anything else except for traditional districts and magnets. Now tell me if you're an intelligent person, you tell me what the numbers are going to be like the, the year after that. Mm. Yes. So, so real quick, clarify right. question. Right, right. You, you said something earlier about a comment being stupid and I don't take two kind of people saying shit about my comments being stupid. So I just want to ask some clarifying questions. So what were the true intentions of Brown versus board? And I don't want you to think that I'm cross-examining you, but I just want to just hear your thoughts. Who you asking, Rick? I, I said, what was his true? What, what, what does he think the true intentions oh, of Brown asking, versus? Asking, Chris, he's asking yeah. you. Yeah. I can't hear you. So, so you're asking me what the true intention of Brown was, yeah. the case, the case itself. Yeah. The cases. Yeah. Yeah. I think the cases was to put stress on the system. And I, I think the case was about economics. The case was, was trying to break down multiple different other cases that, that were at, going at the same time. And, and it was really to break through redlining, um, um, the keeping black folks trapped and contained in poor conditions, no access to resources, no access to high quality services, period. So I think it was meant to break all that down. So it was meant to, it was meant to change it or meant to kept, keep it in effect? Keep what in effect? Keep uh, poor and disenfranchised to continue to be poor and disenfranchised. No, I think the thought was if we could get uh, get our people into white spaces and into white schools, we would be better off. We would get money out of that. We would get ahead out of that. Do you feel that black folks need to be next to white folks in order to learn? No. Charles, question to you. Do no, you not, feel? Not, you know I don't. Okay. <laughs> so, 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 just for clarification, Ray, when yeah. Chris wasn't saying that Joe comment was stupid. He was talking about what we were, what was happening in California when he said, "I think it's stupid." I just because I just heard what you just said, and I was like, "Nah, you misheard that." that yeah, I thought he was coming for me. I was like, "What?" Nah, it wasn't. It, no, no, I was saying about your comment. I deserve yeah. no. that. He was talking about California, fam. You so yeah, go ahead. So, so did Brown work? No. Well, wait a second. Wait, wait a second. second. Let me say this. Because people argue with me this all, all the time. Like when I say Brown didn't work, people correct me all the time and they say that's a bad thing to say. So let me just say this. If Brown did work, I'm wondering what the goal was. Right? right? It's, like, it's like the way the war on drugs worked, right? Like the war on drugs, if the goal was to like imprison up a whole generation of black folks and black men, exactly. and homes, it worked beautifully. Right. So in Brown, if the goal was to break up the black educational apparatus and like the, the strong block of black educators, it was beautiful because we've never recovered and black folks can't read. Right. Like we still read if two out of every 10 kids being able to read like mm, that ain't that much better than slavery times. And I'm just saying. Right. So like, it's well, just let's just say this, too. 
let's say this. If instead of Brown, the settlement we got in Brown, let's say if we would have just got all the, the if we would have got the white buildings and right. put our same black teachers in and move our same black population in those buildings and gave them the same per pupil. Because you're talking about a time back then. That's the my teachers, point. The teachers were paid half as much. The, the buildings got half of everything. Blah, blah, blah. So right. if we just took the white buildings and kicked the white people out back then, Brown would have worked perfectly. That right? is my point. That is what I was saying. If you had given us the same resources, if it would have been separate and equal, then black folks would be in a better position than what they are now. That was my point. Charles, yeah. you can close the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I, love, I love Mr. Uh, he give you permission to shut the I'm, show down. I, you you got to love that energy, right? Like, you have to. You cannot not love that. Uh, my, my thoughts are this. Regarding like all this stuff, these numbers, California, whatever the hell we're talking about at this point, right? It's like, I just want a chance, man. Like, I just want our people to have a chance. And I think that you are on your own. And not just, I'm expanding this group that we said this for, right? We already told black parents that they are on their own. Then Chris told poor black parents that they really on their own. And then I told a bunch of black students, you on your own. Like, you really got to figure this out. But then we did a show with all black educators and black leaders of black schools in a room. And we were like, oh, hell, they on their own, too. So it's a lot of people on their own. So I'm imploring anybody that's listening right now that are doing great things with black students in schools. I don't care what your delivery model is and neither do my co-hosts, whether you are in traditional charter, uh, I mean, private, if you're doing homeschool, if you're not even in a school, but you're doing like third party stuff. So you're like at the boys club or at community organ organizations and you helping black people like advance, reach out to us because we actually need to get your story out there because the Bernie Sanders of the world, these people that's running unions, a bunch of white folks that know a few black people and feel like they can say stuff because they retweet black folks. Like they think that you don't exist. They think that you don't exist, that your stories don't exist, that your children don't exist and that you have no agency and parents. Let me tell you what they think about you. They think that every single one of you that chooses a charter school or a school that's not a traditional black school or a private school, because you can get a pass if you go to a private school because you're some of our people. You're the, you're the black folks that they like, right? You're the right kind of black. They just think you're stupid. They think that somebody tricked you into it, that a millionaire wrote you a letter. They think that you want to be close to these people. They think that you have no agency at all. None. And that's the part that you should be most just offended by it is so offensive that they say oh y'all trick these parents into doing this you trick these parents into coming up to sacramento to fight against this mark fortune is using these parents to blah 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 this that and the third like that is that is offensive you are people that have agency you are people that have gotten through some of the toughest shit in life and came out shining on the other side and the point that i made is like and i said this to chris earlier we got to stop chasing whiteness around education because it has never worked for us. We chase them to the suburbs. They come back to the city. Then they, we come back to the city and then they, they come back and then they go back to the suburbs. You keep chasing them. They don't want you. Yeah. They ain't never wanted they just you. not that into you. But here's something that we did. When we stopped chasing, we took over culture. We didn't chase them in music. We did our own thing and made hip hop. And now you got white girls all over the country wanting to poke stuff in their lips and do stuff in their butt to look like black people and do black music. You know why? 
Because when we just do our own thing and shine our own greatness, the world wants to be us. So why is it that every other part of culture, we have figured out how to be ourselves and change the world and create Jay-Z's and Beyonce's and all that stuff, but we still feel like we gotta chase white folks in this education game when they just told us over and over and over, we don't want you, stop stalking us. You listen to the Eight Black Hands podcast with the fellas, Chris and Ray. Is there something that y'all wanna say before we close out? I'll just say, like, I think it's so important. Everything you just said, I'll co-sign on it and think it's just so important for people to take action, to stop talking, right? Like, I get it. I get we, that we have to have conversations about all this, but do something. Do something. Tomorrow, actually do one action, right? And the day after, do two actions. The day after, do three. Make it like an exercise program. Do something for Black children every day. Now, the educators and school leaders or whatnot, you're golden. You're already doing it. You're doing a lot. And we need to protect you and defend you. And as a community member and as parents, it's our role. we not got to know our roles. Our role is to protect and defend you if you're going to do the real work. But everybody else who's not even who's not even in that game or doing any of that, do one action today. Ray, you got so I want I want to echo both of y'all both of y'all sentiments, but I also want to add, uh, Charles, something similar to you. If you are a black school leader and you need a voice, if you are in any kind of situation and you need a platform, please utilize us uh, so that we can get you out there. Uh, if you're doing amazing stuff, we want to hear about that. You know, if you, well, we don't want to hear about it. Well, all right. If you're doing amazing, <laughs> if you're doing amazing stuff, because I know you all are, we want to hear about it. I'm going to leave it like that. I'm we that. will qualify what we consider to be amazing <laughs> when we see you. Brothers, it, has been an honor, it has been an honor to do this podcast with you. Uh, it is a, one of the highlights of my week. Uh, for everybody that's listening, thank you for listening. If you can, please continue the conversation by going to our Twitter uh, account at eight black hands one to continue this conversation we will do our best to engage with you and if you are listening on itunes or any type of podcast platform where you can actually vote or comment please do both and give us a high rating so we can be seen and heard by more people because this is an important conversation uh, as always thank you for joining us and we'll talk to you next time peace you have been listening to the eight black hands podcast with ankrum cole El Mecki and Stewart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackHands1. Thank you for listening.